Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James. I'm joined by my colleague, Danny Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about, as I understand it, Danny, because this was your suggestion, the difficult subject, unsavoury one, that as well, of abuse in the health sector. So these are cases where people who are working in the health sector have abused the um, position of trust that they have and had sexually assaulted people in the most vulnerable of situations. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, Danny, why did you suggest that we talk about this? Well, we often see headlines in the press with different concerns of professionals in the healthcare sector. And one that grabbed the headline was the porter that had worked at Great Ormond Street for, I think it was nearly 20 years. And he has just been sentenced in regards to, it was around 84 sexual offences of abuse. Now, I think it's important that we say that none of these were patients of Great Ormond Street, so we should say that. But it just raises concerns that such an individual was working in a hospital that looks after very, very sick children. And I'm sure many people that would have worked with him over the years would have been deeply shocked that, you know, this person that was in such a position of trust was doing such things in his his own time. Indeed. And a case like this, obviously shocking and troubling, highlights the fact that safeguarding is an ongoing issue. Safeguarding is something that has to be thought about day in, day out, because that's the only way you stand a chance, in my experience, of identifying something that's going wrong. It may not be apparent, but it's an opportunity to detect that maybe something isn't quite right with this particular situation, this particular individual, and so on. It's an opportunity to investigate and nip the issue in the bud before serious harm is caused. So I would have thought that, you know, this is yet another case that just highlights the problem. I've had cases like this before where, you know, the employee has actually gone on and abused patients. Remember one particular notorious case where, you know, the abuser was absolutely blatant in his behaviour. And he only got shopped to the police because a hospital cleaner saw what was going on and she had the common sense to get in touch with the police. So the whole thing um, came to light. But on that particular journey, there had been many, many opportunities where senior management knew that there was a problem, but they just put the blinkers on because they didn't want to put two and two together and make four because it was all too difficult and unpleasant and unsavoury and uh, so on. And as I said, it was the hospital cleaner who saw this individual behaving in a blatant way and decided to do something about it. And that just highlights that safeguarding is just one of these 
ongoing issues that has to be visited every day. Yeah, and I, and one of the things that we've talked about when we've talked about healthcare and abuse in this sector is that you're going into the healthcare sector because you or a family member or your child is ill and in a position where they're, they're vulnerable. So you are putting your hands, your life in the hands of somebody that you trust. You're never going to question whether the procedure you're being told to have is appropriate because unless you're a doctor or, or something yourself, you, you won't know. And that is one of the reasons that we've discussed this because you are, you are just blindly trusting that what is being carried out is necessary. You know, if you are being transported by a porter or anybody that's working within an NHS trust, you are going to trust that that person has been vetted and all the safeguarding is is being complied with. But, you know, we have seen over the years, many, many cases, whether it's been doctors, whether it's been nurses, people in the work in mental health, there's been a lot of abuse over the years where their positions have been, I think, broken. Yeah, well, patients and their families, they shouldn't have to think about these things at all. You know, they should be concentrating on, you know, the immediate, which is the patient and their particular needs and um, and so on. They shouldn't have to think about the unsavoury aspects of abuse or so on. And so it's even more important repeating myself for the umpteenth time I note that safeguarding is visited day in, day out. You can't just have a safeguarding policy, put it on the shelf and think, oh, we've done safeguarding now, because, you know, the inevitable will happen. Even when we when we researched for these podcasts, I looked at some of the headlines just in the last year or two, just to see what was coming up. You know, and there were multiple entries. There was Dr. Shah in February 2020. He committed 90 assaults on females. There was a Cambridge paramedic that raped two women. And then there's the gynecologist as well that was secretly filming patients in his surgery. All of these things that we would never, ever question that would be happening. And that was just looking over the last two or three years. And these are huge hitting articles and we know with abuse victims that many many people don't come forward or don't come forward for years at a time because as you say common principles somebody is embarrassed or questions whether they think it's actually happened or questioned whether actually that person is in a position of trust so actually they've done something correctly and you talk yourself out of thinking that it's anything but and this is obviously one of the reasons why we need to do things like this podcast to raise awareness that it's not And to end on a positive note, it is important that we're making it sound as though this is a regular problem. It isn't, but it is a problem. But we have to put it in perspective. And it's very important that people come forward and do make complaints because it's only by coming forward and making a complaint that this very small minority of individuals can be identified and dealt with. Yeah, that's correct. And we've put it in the blog that will go along with this podcast if you have any concerns or wish to make a complaint normally in the GP surgeries there will be procedures in respect of reporting to the practicing manager or going to the GMC the general medical council so there are lots of procedures in place for safeguarding in the NHS and in the healthcare sector people should be aware of that to raise any complaints that they think that they need to yeah exactly and people should so thanks Danny good suggestion thank you podcast listeners and as always if you have any thoughts questions comments 
then please don't hesitate to get in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.